Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scouting Report Podcast. My name is Brandon Ramsey and I'm flying solo once again. Um, it's holiday time, so Kyle Smith has taken another break to be with his family. Um, but I am here to bring you everything you need to know about the Louisville Cardinals, who we will be taking on um, at 1 o'clock now on Saturday. The game is going to be played on ESPN. Um, and as always, the, the rivalry between Kentucky and Louisville um, brings the fan base together um, in, a, in, in one hatred of Louisville, and we are looking forward to this game. Um, I will have to say, and I'm sure the, the holidays, certainly, you know, with um, I'm recording this Christmas Eve evening, um, obviously then tomorrow is Christmas Day, I'm sure that playing it um, at 1 and 5 right after the holidays uh, certainly is part of why there isn't as much interest or um, kind of trash talk or really anything surrounding the rivalry as, as other years. But, um, you know, nonetheless, and I'm sure the fact that there's going to be, you know, very few fans at the Yum Center certainly has part to do with it, too. Um, but, you know, the, the, there certainly just seems to be less buzz surrounding this game than we've had in, um, you know, a long, long time because the, you know, Louisville's having a, a solid season so far. They're currently 5-1. and one. Um, Their one loss came a week ago Saturday to Wisconsin, 85-48. Um, to 48. They were down, I believe it was 44-18 to 18 at halftime. If you remember, that was right around um, when Kentucky had just lost to Notre Dame after having a similar score at halftime, and that was the biggest deficit that Kentucky had ever had at halftime, I believe. Um, and likewise for Louisville, that 44-18 to 18 halftime deficit that they had at Wisconsin was their all-time largest deficit. Um, but other than that, they have beaten Seton Hall to begin the year. Um, they have a couple kind of quote-unquote cupcake wins, um, or really just the one because their other game got canceled, but beat Prairie View A&M. Um, they put it to a very good Western Kentucky team. They beat Western 75-54, um, and then they also just beat Pittsburgh on Tuesday by 10 on the road um, in their first ACC game. So again, they're 5-1. and one. They're 1-0 one and oh in the ACC. Um, they have Carlick Jones back. He missed that Wisconsin game. Um, we'll obviously get into the personnel here later, um, but he's, he's the engine that makes them go. Uh, he's a transfer from Radford, and he is really, really good. I know that generally you wouldn't think of a guy from from Radford coming in and being, you know, not just the best player uh, for Louisville, but I'm probably going to say that he's going to be the best player on the floor, at least from what we've seen so far this season, um, when the Cards take on the Cats on Saturday. Um, but to get in a little bit to what to what Louisville does. Um, offensively, they're a pretty free-flowing offensive team. Now, I don't mean that in the sense that they're going to get up and down the court super quickly. I mean, Carly Jones will push the ball, but the, the, they're a, they're a half-court offensive team. What, what I mean by them being free is that they don't necessarily run a ton of traditional offense. Like, the, they're a four-round-one motion team, but they really don't set very many off-ball screens besides some flares as guys drive the ball, but what they will do is they're going to bring ball screens at you constantly. They, um, they're really only playing one big guy, and he's really not even a traditional big guy. Um, Jalen Withers um, is about 6'8". He's pretty athletic. He's going he's gonna to be their five-man 
a lot of times, or somebody similar to him will be. And when he's in there, he will ball screen and roll. But when they bring those ball screens, a lot of their guys, because they're kind of more versatile forwards or even wings that are running into those ball screens, they're going to slip a ton of ball screens. And they're going to get to that one of two ways. Um, They will kind of just traditionally slip some ball screens, which will be them um, going to set the screen, but then stopping before they get to the screen and then rolling to the basket. So there's really no screen ever set. They're just going to dive straight to the rim. The other way they like to slip ball screens is to kind of slip to a pop where they're going to have um, guys, especially like Samuel Williamson, um, J.J. Trainer, when he's in there, some Dre Davis, certainly. Those guys are going to run into a ball screen. Instead of setting it, they're just going to kind of cut underneath the defender's butt into some open space for a little bit of a, um, you know, for lack of a better term, pick and pop, even though there's really no pick set. Um, so, yeah, it, in the half court, they're setting a lot of random ball screens out of motion. They're really just trying, especially because they are slipping so much, they're really just trying to open up driving lanes to, to, to allow guys like David Johnson, Carlick Jones, and the rest um, pen, to like lanes to penetrate, and they're going to drive and kick. They're going to try to score it at the rim. Um, they are not a three-point shooting team. They're going to they're shooting about 16 threes a game. They're 31 for 96, good for 32.3 percent so far this season. Uh, so they, they they really want to attack the basket. They want to try to get to the free throw line where they're shooting 72 percent, um, and they are going to look to attack you downhill any chance they get, and they're going to. Um, keep the ball moving. They're going to um, set, like I said, those those ball screens. They also start a lot of possessions, especially as Carly Jones brings it down the court. They'll do it for David Johnson as well. Um, but they'll set an early downhill ball screen on the wing. So if he's bringing it up on one side or the other, on the right side or left side of the court, you can expect one of the wings or a forward to, to flash up, and they're going to set a downhill ball screen towards the baseline to allow that guy to attack towards the corner off of the baseline and try to get in there to, to score it. Um, along with all their slips and ball screens in the half court, out of out of sort of a four-around-one motion look, they, real, they, they will run to some traditional ball screen continuity offense, um, which for them will look a little bit more like a five-out, and they're going to get the ball moving around the wing. Um, they'll back cut, or around the perimeter, excuse me, they'll back cut a wing, move the ball ahead, and go set a ball screen again, be ready, especially... Anytime the ball is being moved down um, the three-point arc. So think about the ball being at the top of the key, and then let's say we pass the ball down to a wing. That's a really good time to slip ball screens because the the screener's defender is going to be up on their perimeter, usually on their hip as they run into that ball screen, and we need to get our chest into those guys and also drop back a little bit because this isn't a great outside shooting team. We need to be ready to cut down those slips, especially when they're setting those ball screens from the perimeter. Um, along with their ball screens and that ball screen continuity, in the half court, they, they certainly do have some set plays, and I'll have some more of those um, on video um, when I release my scattering report tomorrow on Christmas on KentuckySportsRadio.com. Um, but in the half court, they really just have a few actions that I want to break down a little bit that they like to get to uh, to isolate some of their better players and just get in positions to try to score the ball. Um, the first thing that they do, and this is probably what I see the most from them, is they'll come down. Um, it'll kind of look like they're in their traditional uh, four-round-one ball screening motion, and a lot of times they'll start with a with a high middle ball screen, um, and 
they'll get either David Johnson or Carlick Jones coming off of that ball screen. And they'll play from there. But if the ball gets moved ahead to the wing, um, they'll pass it on down to the corner. And this, this essentially automatically triggers whoever's playing the five to come up and set a back screen uh, for the, the wing perimeter player. A lot of times this is going to be David Johnson. They really like to run this to him. So they're going to set kind of a, a back screen or what we would call an up screen to bring a guard down off the block in the post, kind of the mid post area, about 10 feet from the basket, to get them a catch. And they're just going to space from there. So they're going to have one guy on the opposite block and three uh, perimeter players spaced around the perimeter. David Johnson is strong, 6'5", um, you know, about 210 pounds. And he likes to – he'll kind of body into you a little bit with his left shoulder, but he really wants to get to a turnaround jump shot. He will try to back you down a little bit to create some space for a little fall away. Uh, but they really like to run that up screen action to get one of their guards isolated, especially on a smaller defender. They'll do this for Samuel Williamson. They'll do this even for Carly Jones. He's really good in the post. We'll talk about that some more in the personnel section. They'll run it for Dre Davis. Um, but especially if you, if you see that up screen for David Johnson, when he catches the ball down around the hoop, just be, be ready to come try to dig it out as if he's a, you know, act like he's Garrison Brooks from North Carolina. You know, this guy's a good player. And when he's isolated in that area, we need to try to dig the ball out of the post and, and get him to give it up. Um, secondly, from that up screen action, um, they really like to, um, they will set a back screen a lot of times for Carly Jones at the top of the key. And so he'll usually hit a wing and they're going to clear out the right side of the court. So if you think about kind of just traditional spacing around the perimeter, they're going to move one of their wings um, to the strong side corner. And they're going to, as Carly Jones moves it down to the wing, they're going to back screen for him to, to run to the rim. And then usually that big man's going to either go set a ball screen or pop for a catch. And then Carlo Jones is going to just pop back out to the to the right side wing, and he's going to a lot of times try to drive it baseline because that whole side is isolated. Again, I'll have this on film on KSR, and I'll probably be breaking it down throughout the day tomorrow on Twitter. Um, but this is just a great um, example of them just using spacing and using some isolation situations to put their best players in in positions to make to make plays. And um, you know, we we talked about that. That up screen for David Johnson. Here's a back screen to get Carly Jones essentially just to pop back out to the perimeter. They have scored off the back screen, so you certainly have to be ready to guard it. Um, but they're really trying to isolate him on a wing, give him a lot of space uh, to play along the baseline. Um, and then lastly, um, a an action they really like to run, um, and and they'll do this because they do have a lot of forwards um, that are you know six seven, six six, athletic. And, and a lot of times they're playing um, the three or the four uh, for them because they, they don't have a traditional post guy. Uh, guys like Dre Davis, Samuel Williamson, they're going to run. Um, it's like a, a kind of a dump action to get them the ball in the post. So a lot, this is generally going to start um, out of a 1-4 high. And the, the, they'll kind of start their Iverson cuts. They'll bring, they'll bring a guard um, across the top um, to the right side wing. And they'll cut Trey Davis or J.J. Trainer or Samuel Williamson, whoever they're running it for, um, on the low side. And they're going to hit the, the, the left elbow. And then whoever that wing is that's cutting low across the basket, he's just going to stop and post on that block, on the ball side block, and look for 
and looked for a catch. They ran this successfully a few times for Dre Davis, who does like to catch it down low. Um, and, you know, anytime you see that over-under action on the 1-4 high and you're guarding the low man and he starts to just stop on the block and you try to get around in front, especially if you're a smaller defender, because you know that's coming and we can bring some help from there. But we should just be able to sh- shut that down just from scouting um, and, and kind of feel w- when that's happening just based on where um, that under cutter ends up stopping. So, you know, the, there's really no sense in diving in um, much beyond that of what they're going to do offensively. The main thing, like, you need to be thinking ball screen, ball screen, ball screen. You need to be aware of them slipping the ball screen. We can't give up layups on slips. You know, like, it, it's what I talk about a lot. You can't make the same mistake twice. You know, they're going to do it enough. They're good enough at it. They're, they're athletic enough. They're going to get a layup on a slip. I know it. You know it. We're going to get mad about it. That's fine. But it's it's going to happen. It might even happen once in each half. But we can't be giving up slips for layups consistently. We just absolutely have to be disciplined, and we have to, through scouting, through watching film, understand that we need to stay between them and the basket. Because, again, and this is kind of an overarching theme of them offensively, and it's the same thing we did against North Carolina. We actually did a pretty good job. Um, they're not a, they're not a good shooting team. We need to dare these guys to shoot threes. Um, I said we wanted North Carolina to shoot 23s. They shot exactly 20. We need Louisville to shoot 23s or more because they're the, – I don't think they're going to make enough if they shoot 20 to 25 threes to beat us. Um, we need to pack it in. We need to make these guys shoot it from the outside. And we seem to stay between them in the basket because I don't think they're good enough offensively to score enough points to beat us if we are between them in the basket. Um, and, and part of that should be able to keep us from getting beat on the slips, that was my point, was that there's no reason, especially if you're guarding guys like, Dre Davis, J.J. Trainer, even Samuel Williamson, certainly Jalen Withers. Like if those guys are going to set a ball screen, especially because we can go under the ball screens, there's no reason. To, like we're not trying to hedge, we're not trying to hard hedge and get a moving towards half court. Just stay back in the paint if you're guarding the screener, and then we're going to go under the ball screen and we're going to be between them and the basket. That's what I want to see on Saturday. Um, defensively, you know, Coach Gal came out in his press conference. He said that Louisville was going to try to take 20 charges. Now, they do try to take a lot of charges, and they're, they're traditional pack line defense. That's why he's saying that. Now, I, I haven't really seen him try to take 20 charges. I'm not exactly sure where he got that from. Um, but it is a principle along with the pack line. Like, that they're going to be in the driving lanes. They're going to help with two hands and two feet. They're going to try to stuff the drives. They're going to stuff penetration. They're going to make you kick it out. They're going to try to meet you from, make you beat them from the perimeter. Now, it's a scary proposition for a Kentucky fan because – you know, it doesn't take um, a basketball coach to be able to realize that we're not very good from the perimeter right now. However, that's that's going to be Louisville's game plan. They're going to pack it in. They're going to play man-to-man defense. They're going to try to make us beat them from the perimeter. And and I, I think we need to be willing to shoot a bunch of threes. You know, a, a bunch for Kentucky is about 25, which isn't actually a bunch. But I think if we shoot 25 and we try to make 8 to 10 of them, um, I think if we make 8 to 10 threes, I think we're going to win pretty comfortably on Saturday. Um, and then moving on to their personnel. So, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, Carlick Jones, number one, he's a graduate student. He's a graduate transfer from Radford. He's 6'1", 185 pounds. This guy's really, really good. He's averaging 16 points a game, uh, 6.4 rebounds, and also he is averaging 5.6 assists. Um, all of those besides – 
the the rebounds, he just got overtaken by Sam Williamson and Jalen Withers, but um, he was leading them in rebounding going into the last game. Uh, but he's certainly still in the lead at 16 points a game and, and his assist numbers. And even more impressive, he has 28 assists through five games to just 11 turnovers. So this is a guy, he's not going to turn it over a ton, uh, but he is really high assist. He's an excellent playmaker. Um, and you just have to be ready for this guy to try to attack downhill and score um, off the dribble at all times. We need to contest when he shoots the pull-ups. He has, he has a good three-point shooter. He's 7 for 14, um, but he's certainly, he, you know, he's in attack mode. He's trying to score it off the dribble. Do not let this guy get layups. We cannot allow him to score easy ones at the rim. We need to make him score with us between him and the basket. Do not let him reject the ball screens. We need to make him come off. You can go under the ball screen, which should help you stay in front of him, stay between him and the basket, and we need to make this guy score over us. Um, you know, the, the, the key for him is going to be he needs to have more shots than points. If we do that, it's going to be hard for them to score enough to win. Um, number 13, David Johnson, the 6'5", 210-pound sophomore guard. He's averaging 13 points, 5.8 rebounds, 4.3 assists per game. He's a little bit of a combo guard. He will handle the ball quite a bit alongside um, number one, Carla Jones. He's a right-hand driver. We absolutely cannot allow him to get right-hand drives. Um, he's a capable three-point shooter, seven for 21 right now, but definitely better as a driver. Contest his pull-up jumpers as he's driving it. Um, he will really look to get to the rim and use his size and strength and physicality to score through you and over you. Um, so again, this Stay between him and the basket. He's another guy. We're certainly going under the ball screens. When they set him for David Johnson, we can't get hung up on slips. Um, again, if there's no screen, there's no switch. So we're not switching when guys run into slip ball screens. We need to make sure there's a screen set. And we should be able to stay disciplined on that because, again, going under those ball screens gives us a step or two where we should be staying back, clogging the lane, and not letting these guys get by us. He's pretty aggressive in transition. He's also aggressive in the half court. Compared to Carly Jones, David Johnson has 26 assists to 25 turnovers. So he's going to turn it over at a lot higher rate. Um, you know, that's over four a game for him right now. So he's a guy that, you know, first and foremost, do not get beat to his right hand. We have to stay between him and the basket. But if you're able to, we need to pressure him as much as possible. Now, again, first thing I said, stay between him and the basket. So I don't want to see us pressuring him 30 feet from the hoop and getting blasted. However, I think we can bring a lot of help on him. And when you help, go try to take it off of him. Don't come in there and just swipe at the ball. Don't come in there just with your hands flailing over your head. You need to go and try to steal it from him because he's a little loose with the ball and he can make some bad passes as he's um, as he's running in to try to score it at the rim. So when I, when I say pressure him, yeah, I want to give some on-ball pressure if we can in spots, especially once he starts dribbling it. Um, but I more so mean bringing some help when he starts to drive it, because a lot of times he's going to have his head down. He's going to play off a he's going to jump and play off of one foot, and I think we can turn him over as he's going to the basket. So um, next up is number fourteen, Dre Davis. He's a six five, two hundred ten pound freshman wing. He's averaging nine point five points, three point five rebounds, and one assist a game. He's pretty versatile. Versatile. He's a capable shooter, and he's just five for eighteen right now from deep on the season. I think we need to start off the game, closing out a step short to him, and daring him to shoot it from the outside. Um, you know, he, if he makes a couple early, we can always adjust to that. Uh, but we want to stay between him and the basket, common theme, um, and and take away his right hand drives. Um, you can you can definitely help off of him. Um, like I was talking about with David Johnson, kind of stuffing the gaps and trying to make him turn it over. Help off of Dre Davis. 
if they kick it out to him, choppy feet, close out with high hands, try to take away that initial catch-and-shoot three, but we're certainly not flying at him. And heck, as you're closing out to him, tell him to shoot it, he'll probably miss it. Go rebound it. Um, but uh, you're certainly helping off of him. He, like I said earlier when I was talking about their offense, they will run some stuff for him to catch it around the hoop and then try to score it with his right hand over his left shoulder, um, You know, be physical on his left shoulder. He'll try to face it up, drive it right some too, contest if he shoots a little face-up J. Um, but you know, just be ready for him around the hoop. If you feel him kind of rolling you down towards the block, be ready to be physical. I think we can get around in front. Um, just because these guys aren't, you know, traditional post players. They're not going to be as skilled as UNC was um, scoring it when we front. Um, and then you also have to uh, really box him out. He's averaging two offensive rebounds a game. He's active on the glass. He's physical around the hoop. Um, one other thing with him, I talked about it a little bit with David Johnson, but when Dre Davis has the ball, man, really pressure him. I think we can make him turn it over. He doesn't really want to handle it a ton when he's away from the basket. Um, again, don't get smoked to his right hand, but once he puts that thing on the floor, let's get up in him, see if we can turn him, uh, make him turn it over a couple times. Samuel Williamson, he's a, he's number 10. He's 6'7", 210 pounds, sophomore wing. He's averaging 11.7 rebounds um, in the four games, the four most recent games that he's played this season. Um, he missed the beginning of the year. Uh, but he's another versatile wing, kind of similar to Dre Davis, except he's a little bit taller, probably a little bit better athlete also. Definitely more of a driver than a shooter, Williamson is. So absolutely no right-hand drives for him. We need to close out a step short, step or two short probably, um, to guard against the right-hand drive. Once you cut him off, he does like to shoot the pull-up jumper. Um, if he's going towards the hoop, we got to give those a hard contest. He's a pretty good pull-up jump shooter. Um, once again, once he puts it on the floor, let's pressure the heck out of him without getting beat to his right hand. He's averaging three turnovers a game. I think we can make him do that. Let's make him uncomfortable, get him on his heels, and try to steal the ball. Um, I don't think we need to overhelp when he's driving it. Um, we should, same thing with Dre Davis, we should be able to guard these guys one-on-one. Um, but if you if you do come, come try to take it off of them. Um, and I, I think that these guys are a little shaky with the ball, um, being number 13 Johnson, number 14 Davis, number 10 Williamson in terms of their starters. And as much as we can pressure them without giving up easy layups to their right hand, we need to do so to try to turn these guys over and get some easy buckets for ourselves. Um He's another guy that they will post up a little bit. Again, left, uh, right shoulder, excuse me, right hand, left shoulder in the post. Uh, be physical on that left shoulder. Definitely likes to shoot the turnaround jumper. Just contest it. Um, don't let him slip. Same thing with Davis. Um, but Williamson tries to set more ball screens than Davis does. Uh, but do not, um, do not get slipped on for a layup. Don't switch when he goes to slip a ball screen. And just take away the layups from this guy. Once again, make them score with us between them and the basket. Final starters, number 24, Jay Lynn Withers. He's a 6'8", 230-pound redshirt freshman forward. Um, he's averaging 9.8 points and 6.5 rebounds per game. He plays as a five-man, but he's certainly not a traditional five-man. He will ball screen and roll um, quite a bit when he's in there. He slips some as well, and he'll get a bucket off of it because he's pretty athletic. But he sets a lot more ball screens um, than everybody else, um, even though he does still slip quite a bit. When he catches it in the post, he's going to look to score with his left shoulder with his right hand. Cannot be giving up left hand or left shoulder baskets to this guy. Just be physical. Make him score back into you with his right hand. Don't give up drop steps, especially to the baseline. Um, and just make him score everything with you between them and the basket. I know it sounds like a broken record. Um, you know, this is how I talk to teams. This is how I gave scouting reports when I was talking to um, to teams that I coached at Wabash College and Defiance College. Um, but you know. 
you just have to be disciplined about these things. And Kentucky's done good jobs in spurts. It's not like they've been bad defensively, but these concentration aspects and these scouting aspects, scout specific aspects, I don't feel like we've been great in. Um, you know, when when a coach tells you to take away the right hand drives, that means take away the right hand drives, and you you should know who you're guarding. And if you're closed out at number ten, Williamson, you should be okay. Choppy feet, two steps short, bounce back, right hand drive. That should be in your mind. And number 14, Davis, close out a step or two short, right-hand drive. No right-hand drives. When you're guarding Jalen Withers on the, in the post, sit on that left shoulder. Make him come back into you with his right hand. And just be disciplined on those little things. And that could be the difference between you know losing games 70 to 64 to maybe stealing a like, – you know, obviously the offense needs to improve. That's a different topic for a different time. And we need to start scoring in the 70s. But – you can steal some games, 64 to 60, if we're more disciplined defensively. Because right now we're giving up four, five, six buckets a game on just scout-specific things that we aren't executing. If we can start executing those, we're going to start really holding teams down in the 50s and 60s and giving, us, giving ourselves a better chance to win some of these games. Um, just quickly, a couple guys they will bring in. Number 12, J.J. Trainer, 6'8", 200-pound freshman forward. Um, averaging over seven points a game. And then number 11, Quinn Slazinski. Uh, he's a 6'8", 215-pound sophomore forward, averaging just over six points and four rebounds a game. Both of these guys, versatile backup forwards. Uh, Trainer's actually playing kind of like a four or even a five. He's playing the five a decent amount when he comes in for Withers. Um, will ball screen and roll, but once again, likes to slip. Uh, don't switch when he slips. No right-hand drives. Same, same, same thing for Slazinski. Got to take away the right-hand drives. One thing with Slazinski, he is more of a shooter. His 16 of his 31 shots have been threes. He's certainly willing. Um, need to be there to try to give a hard contest to the catch and shoots. Uh, but you're still not flying by him. We're not running him off the three-point line. You can still help some. Um, but you need to close out um, a little bit more ready to contest a three-point shot. Have your hands up. Still, like I said, choppy feet. Don't fly by him. With J.J. Trainer, he's going to play some more around the hoop. He does try to post up some. They'll run some stuff for him to catch it down there. Right hand, left shoulder. Make a score with you between him and the basket. So that's their personnel. Those are the main guys they're going to play. They they have played, you know, uh, an eighth, ninth, even tenth guy at times. Um, a couple more back to the basket. Post players, but those guys simply aren't very good. Um, they're probably going to play number 20, Josh Nickelberry, a little bit on Saturday, and he is a shooter. Um, so we probably need to be most cognizant of him from the perimeter, just in terms of being closer to him, tightening it up a little bit more. Um, but that's the personnel. Um, if you can, if you can take away Carlick Jones, get into the rim a bunch. If you can take away David Johnson from getting to the rim a bunch and scoring it, um, you know, mostly via layups or, you know, floaters, things like that at the rim. These guys are not talented enough offensively to beat us. You know, we need to try to hold Louisville to 60 points. I think that should be our goal. And if we are disciplined on this scouting report stuff, if we take away right-hand drives, if we if we go defensive rebound and end possessions, um, if we don't give up live ball turnovers that lead to layups, I think if we have good closeouts, if we chop our feet and stay between them and the basket on closeouts, they're just not going to score enough to beat us. And I know that sounds kind of simplistic. I know that sounds, um, you know, probably like a gutsy call coming from a team that's one and five, but they just don't have the offensive firepower to beat teams without 
getting layups. And, you know, they're going to run some good stuff offensively. You know, some of those actions that I talked about put them in the best situation for them to score. But if we just stay disciplined and do uh, and, and follow the scouting report, I think that we're going to have a lot of success on the defensive end, keeping these guys who are around 60 points. Um, so the, that's really the gist of it uh, for for the Louisville Cardinals. Um, you know, a lot of what I said can can maybe be just be thrown out the door because at the end of the day, it's a rivalry game. Um, it's Kentucky-Louisville. It's going to be at the Yum Center. They're, they're certainly out to to prove some sort of point. Um, they seem a little upset that this game is being played in the conditions that it is. I don't really understand that because everybody else is dealing with the same thing. Um, but, you know, again, it's a rivalry game. Crazy things are going to happen. I'm sure tensions are going to are going to be high. Um, it certainly doesn't help that we have Doug Sowles and, and TV Teddy Valentine on the game. That will be interesting to, to watch for sure. But, um, you know, quite frankly, I think Kentucky's the better team. Again, seems crazy. Kentucky's one and five. Louisville's five and one. Um, any other year, you would say you can throw the records out the door because it's Kentucky Louisville. So that should be true this year. I'm throwing the records out the door. I've watched the film, and I think Kentucky is the better team and then the more talented team. And I think that um, if we if we come out and play disciplined basketball, we're going to really be able to stifle these guys defensively. And I think we're going to give ourselves some chances to play um, with a little bit more freedom um, in transition. I think we can turn these guys over and get some easy ones. Um, And I think that's going to be a key to having a more fun brand of basketball. And I think once, once these Kentucky guys start having fun on the court, um, I think we're going to rattle off some wins. And I, I think that starts on Saturday um, with a nice little beatdown of the of the Dirty Birds in, in Louisville. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, I know that I have a tendency to, to be a little optimistic, and, you know, I think that, that a lot of that just comes from, you know, actually watching the film and breaking these things down. And, um, you know, I'm not to say that I have it all figured out by any means, um, because I don't, um, but I just, after watching Louisville play three games now on film, I just don't see uh, them having a whole lot of success on Saturday against our defense. And I think that um, because of the way they play, I think that shutting them down offensively is going to lead to much easier offense on our end. And that's going to lead to a, to a nice rivalry victory for the cats and hopefully get things rolling heading into SEC play of the new year. Um, So that's the breakdown for the Louisville Cardinals. Um, Obviously, stay tuned um, for the scouting report when I post the written version, uh, along with a lot of video breakdowns of the of the Cardinals offensively um, on KentuckySportsRadio.com. Um, certainly, ask any questions that that you may have leading up to the game. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter at bramseyksr. Uh, please continue to follow my co-host uh, Kyle Smith at Go Cats Breakdown. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you have not already. Uh, we appreciate all of those that have been downloading it and listening. Uh, please leave us a review if you do feel so inclined. We've had a few excellent five-star reviews so far. And we really, really appreciate those. Um, so thanks again for listening. Follow me on Twitter at KSR, And let's look forward to beating the cards and throwing our L's down on Saturday. Um, 
Have a great day. Merry Christmas to everybody. And go Cats.